Welcome to another episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Clayton Lengelzigich. I'm Roy Vandewater. And joining us today, we have Deb Spicer. You can say hi, Deb. Hi, how are you? Uh, good. So we actually found an article that you had written. Uh, the title is 10 Destructive Behaviors That Can Bring Down a Team Success. And uh, that's what we wanted to talk to you about. Um, you know, a lot of the work that we do involves working with teams and taking teams from you know, maybe being some dysfunctional team and kind of trying to get them towards high performing and those kind of things. So uh, we were really interested in that topic. Um, first off, just I was kind of curious where it was that you came up with this list of, of 10 ideas. Is that something that you've observed or a list you've compiled with people in the industry or where'd you come up with that? Actually, it, I came up with it after 25 years of working in global matrix teams organizations. And, um, and it is part of the book that I wrote, Power Teams. And we can talk about that later, but actually I wrote the whole book about, about high-performing teams, what makes them high-performing, and also when you do have destructive behaviors, how do you deal with that? Okay. Um, so, you know, we were looking at a few of the, uh, the behaviors that were identified that, on that list, and we had some questions about some of those. So uh, the first one that kind of jumped out at us was the one about lip service, and we feel like whenever we identify this where you know there's somebody that uh, is in the organization that's like this, it seems like everybody knows that that person is kind of full of it, but nobody seems to say anything about it. And, you know, why, why do you think that is? It, it's very common. Um, there are a couple reasons that people behave that way. One is, in, in all these behaviors, people behave the way that they do because leading to this point, it has worked for them in some form or another. So when you have someone that, that does the, the big uh, promises everything but doesn't really deliver on that, then it's likely that um, that person has gotten away without being accountable for the things that they claim. And so by um, instilling some accountability for that person, for, by breaking it down, holding their feet to the fire, um, that helps change that behavior, and it just shows them, hey, it's a new day, and you can say whatever you want, but the rewards will come from the delivery, not from the words. Yeah, another thing we were wondering about is um, you know, we try and, whenever we have guests on the show, try and take a viewpoint of maybe one of the listeners. And so if I'm a manager listening to this podcast and I think, okay, I've identified these 10 behaviors and I understand they're wrong. And if I want to make my team better and I want to promote the good things, um, you know, how do I keep my team intact? Because if people get better, aren't they just going to go leave and, you know, get a better job or something? You know, it's very, that's a great question. And in fact, when teams come together and they achieve for something in themselves, they tend to stay because that is a reward that is is so rarely seen in organizations. So, you know, it's kind of like when you get in the trenches with a group of people, but yet you achieve and you come out and you succeed and you're rewarded. Those teams tend to be the ones that, that stay together in a very tight cluster and move on and take on even bigger challenges and bigger jobs together. They've gelled. They trust each other. They um, know how to deal with conflict they feel safe to just push back on each other and challenge each other's ideas. And always on the other side of that, something bigger and better comes out of it. So, in fact, the organizations don't have to worry. The organizations that promote that kind of team 
cohesiveness with many different teams in the organizations are the ones who have the most innovation, they're the strongest, and they tend to be the leaders in the forefront of whatever that um, dynamic is happening in the marketplace. Yeah, and one thing that you mentioned also is the um, the idea about you know, like the old culture. You know, there's some people mm. who maybe have been there for a long time and they have a way of doing mm-hmm. things. Uh, something that we've been seeing a lot um, it looks like kind of a lot of chatter is, you know, how do you, especially in the software industry, you, where you have people that are like the new millennial generation, right? These kind of 20 somethings, maybe out of college. Hey, um, me. Right. Yeah. That might be, that might describe Roy actually. Uh, you know, how do you, you know, how do you integrate that? You know, they've got these old culture, kind of the people that have a certain way of doing things. And then you've got these the millennials. Um, would you have any insight on, you know, treating with those kind of generational gap? I can, and in fact, um, the ch- that chapter in my book, it, it talks about a computer company. It was um, one that was number two in the marketplace, but over time, um, the focus was on one of the divisions in the company that um, was not performing, and that was to the detriment of the what were the high-performing divisions. And, um, and so there was enough complacency to go around um, that really brought the company down and it slipped down to number three. Important in dealing with this is to just shake that culture up. So, well, how do you do that? Well, first of all, um, as the leader, you, what you do is you start setting very tight timelines on deliverables. You start speeding things up. You start the focus on what those measurable outcomes are going to be. You add things like um, higher level um, team reports so that those people that are complacent on a team, psychologically, they better, you know, they know they better step up or they risk um, looking bad in front of the higher management folks. Um, You know, you just, you keep the pressure, you set the deliverables, you set the timeline short, you know, by by Thursday, this is what is due. You hold people's feet to the fire. And what you see happening then is it's not the leader holding people accountable. It's the rest of the team that starts holding them accountable because it, that, that style supports the new millennial, um, styles of work that, haven't been built into some of the older cultures. And so then the pressure starts coming from within the team and not just a top-down kind of pressure. So just to clarify, um, you're suggesting applying these pressures to the entire team, right, not to individuals? Or is Correct. It, or is it doing it to the no, individual? No, no. Yeah, and, and in fact, let me just – that's a good point because whenever we talk about these behaviors – that is what we're talking about. The people themselves are not bad people. It's just that they have um, gotten used to using behaviors that don't necessarily fit with the kind of culture organizations need today when those organizations want to succeed. And and so we address the behavior and we address the behavior by, by putting um, putting things in place that will shake it up. And, um, and, and that's a particular one. You haven't mentioned the prana factor, but that's actually one of the hardest ones to deal with for this reason. It, it doesn't matter as a leader how um, you know, charismatic you are. It doesn't matter how great of a negotiator you are or a communicator. This behavior is very difficult. And um, so it just 
close your eyes for a minute and think about this scene. You're, you're in Brazil. You're on a bridge looking over the river down into the water, and you take a piece of raw meat and you throw it down into the water. And what happens? All of a sudden, the, you see backs of fish. It starts looking like you know a washing machine is just churning up the water, and you see tails and fins and pieces of, of um, you know, scales and stuff floating in the water. And what that is, it's the piranhas. They're coming after that raw piece of meat. But in the piranha mentality, it doesn't matter. What people don't understand is they are eating each other to get to that prize. It doesn't matter who's in the way. They just go after them and they'll take them out to get the prize. So now picture that in a team setting and the same destructive things happen. The piranha personality can leave a whole team in shreds. It doesn't matter who they take out because for whatever their motivation or agenda is, you know, they're going to take out anybody who gets in their way. And so, um, you know, that's an important one that if you inherit that person who has that personality or if you're taking over a new team and you see that coercive, manipulative, um, uh, sabotaging, demanding, uh, meaning kind of personality, what you have is a piranha, what, what I call the piranha factor. One of the most uh, difficult and destructive team behaviors is that, and it's manifested by, their, by deliberate manipulation, deliberate coercion. They will sabotage uh, individuals and the team as a whole for whatever their personal gain is. And so that behavior of all, all of them needs to be dealt with immediately and it needs to be dealt with um, very firmly. Now, how do you do that, right? Well, one of the ways is that, that while you're in the team setting, you still handle everyone very professionally because the other team leaders who are very aware, just like the ingrained old culture, every Everybody sees it. Everybody knows. But it's your leadership that's important in this scenario to not um, take that person out, if you will, in front of everyone. It's, you address it professionally, firmly, securely. And then what you do is um, besides talking to the, the, that particular person outside of that team setting, what you want to do is find a way to remove them from their comfort zone. What that means is, and what I've used in the past is, I then move the entire team outside of the role that they bring to that team. So for IT, for example, if, if you're an IT programmer, then I might move you to the finance role. So you have to put on the thinking cap as if you were the finance person for that organization. And if you're a quality assurance person on the IT team, I might move you to the marketing role. And so as the piranha is um, the director of IT programming, like I said, I would move that person to like a finance role. And everybody figuratively moves outside of their own comfort zone. So what you get is the, the information, experience, enthusiasm um, that people bring their regular job, plus you're making them stretch themselves into, what if I were the finance person? How would I deal with this team challenge or this team initiative that we need to solve? <clears throat> so, 
it's it, uh, I, I guess uh, the moving people around works, but what if you have somebody on your team that uh, is irredeemable or doesn't seem to be willing to take on any of the positive um, traits that your team requires and they just keep exhibiting these negative ones? Do you find that that even happens? Like, is, that, is, is nobody irredeemable? Or if somebody is irredeemable, how do you deal with that? Right. Um, well, you know, the easy way is to, to remove them from the team if you can. And in, in my circumstance that I write about in the book, it was um, people higher up than me required that this person stay on. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, because they felt that person brought something in a niche way that was important. So because this uh, initiative was at such a high level and it had so much um, – the, the outcome of this initiative was so critical to changing some of the direction for the company. They, um, the other team members who are also decision makers actually took on the role policing this person, and it didn't have to be me to get them in, in the right vein. They did it themselves. But there, there are p- some people who, um, no matter what, um, will make sure that they don't have any personal loyalties, that they will not allow the team to collaborate. They'll keep blinders on. They'll stay single-focused. And at the end of the day, they have to be removed or else it destroys your entire team. So I've got one kind of last question for you here. Um, let's say that I'm just a member of a team. Excuse and, me. Uh, no problem. Uh, I'm the member of a team, and I come across this article or maybe I listen to this podcast, and I think – that I'm witnessing some of these behaviors on my team, you know, what can I do? What's a, what's a good first step for me? You know, maybe I'm not ready to really stick my neck out and make a big deal out of it, but uh, I want to make some change. Okay. Very good question. And the most important thing that you can do is be an example. There's a, there's a, you've heard of the 80, 20 rule in business, um, in sales. Well, there's a different rule. It's called the 10, 80, 10 rule. And what happens is 10% of any team, of an organization, of a homeowner's association, what, whatever dynamic that you have, 10% of the people will be wonderful cheerleaders. They'll buy in immediately. They'll rah-rah. They'll be supportive. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you have 10%, no matter what, that will serve that destructive behaviors. They are against things because that's just who they are. If everybody else wants it, they don't want it. And then there's this 80% in the middle. We call them the mushy middle. And this is in politics. This is in lobbying. It doesn't matter. You know, it can be in churches. 80% of the people are the followers. They're going to look. They're going to watch. They're going to observe. And then eventually they're going to choose a side the 10% positive, the 10% negative. And so you, as a person who wants to see the success of this, modeling successful behavior will start to bring more and more of that 80% over to that that dynamic. You'll see more and more people come to that. What ultimately does that do? It marginalizes and makes the 10% who are negative very insignificant. And so as even as a, a younger manager um, new in your in in you know your growth professionally, you can still model the behaviors as if you're at a higher level, and you'll find that more and more that mushy middle will start to also model those behaviors again, making the the negative, stubborn, procrastinating, 
um, you know, type of people or the, the, the outright saboteurs um, be very insignificant because they won't be able to sway the team. That's a great answer. I think I'm a you know big fan of modeling uh, good behavior, so that's a great way to think about it. Uh, you know, we think we're about out of time here, but you had mentioned um, a book, and I was curious if there was anything else uh, related to the book or anything like that you'd uh, like to share with the listeners. Sure. Um, actually, the book is called Power Teams, the square root model that changes everything. It's on Amazon by Deb Spicer, and um, if you'd like to look up on my website, it's. Uh, uh, quantumlevelsuccess.com. Also, I do have some additional materials. I have a quick reference guide that goes with the book that I give for free. I have some uh, chapters that are available for free. So, um, And if you have any questions that um, are bothering you with any of your team members and you'd just like to you know, drop me a line, I'm very happy I talk through ideas and issues with people all the time. It's no charge. Um, I, I really enjoy hearing the, the good and successful team stories as well as the challenges. And, and I think talking through those makes us all stronger. So I encourage you. It's Deb at quantumlevelsuccess.com, and please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Great. That sounds great. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with us today, and we loved having you on. Thank you, and th- thank you for inviting me, and, um, and to your success, to great. your team's success. I wish you the best. Thanks. Take care. Is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode? head over to integramtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes.